0: Have you ever seen the movie La, La Mise*? and they're all climbing up on that wall, and they've got their fists in the air, and they're singing this song. That's how I feel when it the choir sings that. Climb up on the wall with me. Here we go. We're going to stand together and read these words of John. He wanted you to know something. Let's stand and let's read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. He gave to his own, and and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. You be seated and please open a Bible to John chapter 1. It it doesn't start, it doesn't begin the way we expect it to. He doesn't give us his name, no credentials, no reasons why we should believe him. He just starts, he just begins. And he begins at the beginning. Look here. Other gospel writers, when they're going to try to tell this story, they begin at Bethlehem or they begin at baptism, not John. He's going to press us beyond, way back to the very beginning of time and even before it. Eventually, we recognize his voice, the familiar cadence, the words, the ideas. Three other New Testament letters are his. The last book of the Bible, two, same hand. The writer, this is John, the brother of James, the disciple that Jesus loved. For the next 13 weeks, he wants to tell you about this friend. He wants to tell you about what he saw. He was an eyewitness to this, and he wants to tell it to you. As you read, you'll notice two favorite metaphors that John has to describe his friend. to to talk about Jesus in his life. Jesus is the word, and then he'll flip and say Jesus is the light. Now, it goes back and forth between those two favorite analogies or metaphors about Jesus' life. Word, Jesus is the word, that means Jesus is God's message. He's his truth. John's way of saying that Jesus is God's speaking to us. And you really haven't understood Jesus until you've heard in your heart what God is trying to say to you. He's a message, he's truth, he's a word that God has for you. He's logos, he's the logic of the universe. And you really can't understand life, you can't make it make sense until you understand the underlying logic to all things. And John says, That's Jesus, he's the word. But if he's a word that you're supposed to hear in your ears, he's also light that you're supposed to see with your eyes. It's closer to our idea of insight, closer to our idea at, of vision. When you see him, the gospel writer said, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, it just dawned on me what we are looking at, what life is supposed to be, and it, Only John says it began a long time before that. It's not at the cross that it begins. It's a long time before that. God is saying, do you see? Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? Do you hear what I'm trying to say to your heart? God himself. Over Thanksgiving, Bailey and Andrew called and Wyatt uh, discovered Christmas lights. Let's look and see if we can have a picture there. He's almost two. Uh, You put him in a car and you drive him through the dark streets of his city. And that little boy is mesmerized. Let's do another one. (laughs) I was that child too. So was his daddy. So it's no surprise. Here's the question. The deeper question. Will Wyatt see more than lights this Christmas? Will he see past candles and Christmas trees To some deeper meaning. Maybe it's too early now. He's just two. But at some Christmas along the way. Will his eyes open and see something that God wanted him to see? Will he have one of those aha moments? I I finally see who I'm dealing with. I see my own life through the light of that. Will that happen for Wyatt? Will Wyatt... See the glory of Christ. John did. Verse 14 in your text today. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld a sight word. We saw. We looked at. We observed. His glory. Look this way. Glory in the Bible is the word doxa. Doxology. It translates a word that usually meant opinion or estimate or value. If you were going to sing the doxology, you would be singing God's true worth. You would sing your appreciation of who he really was, your estimate of his value and beauty. So John said, we beheld who he really was, who Jesus truly was. At some point and gradually, John and his friends began to see That this was no mere man that they were dealing with. Maybe it was the miracles. Certainly it was his words of teaching. Absolutely it was his authority. But as they watched that life, they said to each other, This is no mere man. This is the infinitely strong God come to live among us, beautiful and holy and worthy to be worshiped. At some point, Will Wyatt see that? As he listens to his mom and dad sing in a dark candle lit room silent night. Will Wyatt's heart open up to say this is a God who deserves my life. Will he, will he want to kneel? Will he weep out his sins and kneel before this great savior? Will Wyatt see the glory of Christ? Will I? Will you, in the light of that revelation, will my grandson see himself in a new way? In verse 4, John said, in him, Jesus, was life. Life as it was intended to be. Life as God meant it to look like true humanity and all of its privileges and dignity. In him was life and that light life was our light. Jesus was, according to John, not like other people. He was alive. Um, The way other people aren't alive and never have been alive, this unbroken communication and friendship with with his father, a, a humility, a kindness, a courage, a balance, a peace within his heart. To look at him, you begin to say, that's certainly what God meant the human race to look like. This unashamed, peaceful, deep, real, prayerful, giving man. All of a sudden, you see and it becomes a light into your own eyes. Over the years of his life, as I tell Wyatt the stories of Jesus, um, about miracles as real as your morning coffee, as about a wisdom that is impossible for any man to have that all of his own, about A sharpness of mind and a depth of his heart. As I tell Wyatt about that man. uh, Someday will he say. That's what I'm supposed to be like. That's what God made me to be like. I'll try to protect him. I don't know that I can. Sooner or later one of his buddies. As an excuse for his own moral failure. Will say well we're only human. Will Wyatt know enough to say, no, we're not only human? We were made to be so much more. The creator and the redeemer came after us so that we could be his holy people, alive in the spirit and ready for heaven. Will Wyatt know to say, no, I'm not only human. I am the redeemed. I'm a child of God and should live that way. As Wyatt Looks at Christmas, will he see the darkness of sin? Will I? Years ago, Frank Peretti wrote a book, the title of it was This Present Darkness. I still have never heard better words. John the Baptist set the stage by preaching. Now, you can barely imagine how he preached to Israel. He said, We, we together have failed God. We have spent his resources on ourselves, we have not done God's will. Not in this nation, not in our homes, and not in our lives. And he said there's judgment coming because of that. That's how John preached to get us ready for Jesus. A holy God will not long tolerate people who live outside of his law. A holy God will not long tolerate a nation who decides to live apart from God. If you need proof of your sin, you'll need to look no further than the Christmas story. Verse 11 of today's reading says, He came to his own and his own said, No thanks. No thanks. No thanks, I'm busy. I've got a life to live. After all, um, we will not have that man rule over us, says Luke 9. Question, my dear friends. Is it wrong? Is it wrong to reject the help of God when he offers it? I mean, I know it's a choice. That's no argument. But is it wrong? For him to send his son into the world and have the human race in the main say, no, thank you. I don't want the salvation you have offered me. Is it an insult to that great God? Is it proof that our hearts are dark? As he will later say in John 3 the light shone, but people didn't move toward the light because their deeds were evil and they knew they would have to give up what they were liking better than God. Is it wrong to not move immediately and profoundly and courageously into every expression of his light? Are we wrong before God because we have not moved there with all of our hearts? Absolutely we are. Is it wrong to say I I want life on my own terms and not yours? And if sin is stubborn, is it also silent? In verse 6, we didn't read that. You'll have to see it in your own Bible. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness. He was not the light. He came just to... Be a witness to the light. That's how you should expect God to come visit. Uh, In this age of salvation, you should expect him to send a person to you and tell you truth. That's how you should expect it to come. And when you believe, then you will be required to tell somebody else that same truth. It will be... A baton pass from like the Christmas Eve candlelight from one lighted candle to the next, and all of us will be obligated to do so. I believe a day is coming soon where this congregation, First Baptist Church, will again rise up to tell the story of Christ in this dear city. We will tell it with boldness, we will tell it with clarity. We will tell it with conviction because we believe it is the only truth that can save men. It will be the day of our deepest joy. I believe it is why God sent Pastor Chris to us. I believe he will require it of us. Will you stand and will you tell this story? And when Holly and I move to Rowlett, it will be our purpose too. To witness to this great king. When Christmas comes, will Wyatt Guthrie dedicate his mouth to tell this story? Will he be like Isaiah, who saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the first thing he thought was, I'm a man of unclean lips. I've been talking about trash my whole life. I talk well about the Cowboys, about the college four that'll be in the series that I. I talk well about all things. When do the people of God begin to rise up and speak about Jesus, the one true light? And will Wyatt see the mercy of God's salvation? The story isn't all darkness. I, I guess I should lighten up here a little bit. There were some who did receive When Jesus came, they went. It's Him. It's the promised one, the one that God promised He would send into our lives and flood grace into us because of it. Uh, That's verse 12. But as many as received Him, to all of them, each and every one, to them. He gave the right to become. It's a process. It's a door. It's a beginning. It's a, from justification to sanctification to glorification. It, they got on a different road. And they began to become and be the children of God. Well, Wyatt see that? The Greek word is lambano. To take. Deliberately and courageously. To take that offered gift and take it into his heart. It's an unlocked door. It's an act of faith. It's an act of surrender. Will my grandson, will somebody guide my grandson to take Jesus as his Savior and then stand for him all of his days? Um, John closes this first chapter, and by the way, you're going to love this study, with a return to the idea of light in verse 14. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. It was a vivid image to the ancient Jews. In the wilderness wandering all those years. Uh, God had told Moses to build a tabernacle. A tent. Now on the outside just by observation. The tabernacle was just porpoise skins and goat hairs. It, was, that's, it, it looked like a tent. But there were times in many of them when at the time of sacrifice or when it was the tent of meeting between God and men, the glory of God, the Shekinah, would come and fill that goat hair, porpoise skin tent, and it would begin to glow from the inside. There would be this evidence that God was near, that God was present. That's how it was with Jesus. John said, you, you could see the glow of holy life. You could feel the hope of what it meant to be a son of God. You could, you could feel in yourself the, what Jesus will later call the hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's so so intense that it almost broke your heart. You didn't want to live like you used to live anymore. You wanted to be what God made you to be and knew finally because Jesus had come that it was possible. Um, go get near Jesus. Read the Gospels. Think again. As you do, you're going to see the glory of God. The true estimate, the reality that he is near. And I'm praying that White will too. I'm praying that White will too. Let's pray together. And at the end of time, perhaps the largest damnation will be that we just didn't care. That he would go through tremendous sacrifices to come get us. And we would answer with either boredom or distraction. The things of this world would be too dear to us. The things of the next world would be not dear enough. So, in this Christmas season, will you see him? Will you see this God who's been... After you your whole life. Lord. Thank you for your presence among us. Thank you for the way you still invigorate. Vitalize life. The fire burns within people who receive you and fan it into flame. So I just pray today you would make clear your own word to each of us. We We must hear you. We must know you and see your purpose for our life and then respond by faith. Help us to know what we must do.